So in a weird way, everything aligns again today, the first reading of the gospel. We're following two different tracks, the story of the first kings of Israel and Judah, and then in the gospel, which is always beautiful every second year, Matthew 7 to 5 to 7, where it's the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus lays down his law for our lives. And, uh, you know, if you just had Matthew 5 to 7, you would know how to live as a Christian. You wouldn't know why, but it's a, it's a good guideline for life. You need the whole gospel to know why we should even care and also to have the strength to do it. Because knowing God's law, knowing his demands uh, can crush us if we don't know, if we see, okay, that's impossible. Yeah, a few days ago he said, be perfect as your father is perfect. That is technically impossible. So he's obviously saying something, but what is he saying? It takes time and prayer to figure that out, but without God, it's an impossible task. The first reading, um, I feel when I read this, uh, this morning I read it over, and I feel like when I'm with a family in Eunice and I say I know somebody in Mandeville, and they say, oh yeah, that's my second cousin's brother, and he sold an air conditioning unit to that neighbor that you know. And I, I have to get a chart and figure out how all these people are related, because I lose... After children and cousins, I am lost. Now, you people are from this area. I'm from Toronto. All my relatives were in Europe. I didn't even know them. So it's pretty simple. I knew my brother and my parents and some cousins. And that was more than enough for me. I was at full capacity with that. You people are like, that's boring. My 15th cousins, if I don't, if I don't see them every week, it's like a terrible day. So. You understand these stories better than I do. I always get confused who's related to whom and what is even happening here. You're saying like, oh, I get it. You just heard that once, you knew. Well, Athaliah, for those simple people like me who don't get all the family relations and conflicts and possibilities of blowing things up, um, she was the daughter of Ahab, who we've been reading about lately. So there's the north and the south. So Israel, big kingdom. Judah, small kingdom. She's the daughter of Ahab, big kingdom. She marries into the small kingdom's family, the Davidic line, and that is a little bit of a problem. They're trying to create an alliance through human means, get married and unite families. Sometimes that works, sometimes it blows them both up. Um, so they had a good human strategy. Uh, the kingdom has been blown up because of our infidelity. We were not faithful to the Lord. Let's try and patch it up with human means through a marriage. So they do that. Unfortunately, so her husband goes to the North Kingdom for a party, gets killed, and everybody who's a successor in the line in the North Kingdom also gets killed. Nasty people up here. She is still down in the South Kingdom. She takes over. She kills the six other possible heirs in the South Kingdom and establishes what should have been peace, see? Because now she's allied to the North Kingdom. She's wiped out. They've killed everybody who could possibly uh, come in conflict. Um, I am feeling now, like when I was in Eunice, getting the explanation of how people know each other. But that's what's happening here. So Athaliah, bad news. Excellent from a strategy point of view. Now we have a beautiful human alliance. Everything will work out well. Because we're related to her, and all the possible uh, successors to the throne have been wiped out. It'll be good. Unfortunately, her uh, sister-in-law, her sister-in-law smuggled away one of the children one of her children, and hid him in the temple. Her sister-in-law is married to the high priest. 
This is where it gets complicated. So the high priest, seven years later, when he feels strong enough, takes out the kid and says, this is the real successor, which is actually true, and um, they kill this Athaliah and put an end to the excellent human attempt to create peace. It sounds complicated, it is complicated, and that's a pretty good summary of everything we do when we try to create peace on our own terms, with our excellent human wisdom and calculation, knowing her, oh yeah, and my second cousin on that side could talk to the third cousin on that side, and we can create a false peace in our family, in our community, in our parish, in our society, as if God did not exist. That's not good. Tell me your long, complicated family stories. Tell me you know everybody in Louisiana. I will believe you, by the way, because all of you do know each other. But tell me that you pray to God before you figure out the excellent solutions to your family problems. Don't even talk to me if you haven't done that, because you'll make a great solution that's not going to work. And that is the message of the Bible. There are good times and bad times in Israel's history. There are excellent kings and lousy kings and queens. But it all, that's what the Bible teaches us. What optic do you look at this mess from? Excellent human calculation. This lady's a genius. She had it down to a science. God protected one baby, like it was months old, because her sister-in-law hid the baby in the temple, and seven years later, that came back to bite her. I read a story about her. She seems to have been very wise, very prudent, calculating, used all her connections, and not even a nasty lady. By the way, she did introduce the cult of Baal to the southern kingdom again, you know, the pagan cult, side note, which is a big side note. She blew up their religion. She blew up their relationship with God, and God will have his way. So do you know any complicated, messy situations that you've heard of? Yes, my nation, the world. Yeah, don't go there. Like in your family or your immediate circle or in your work, because you're not going to solve the international problems. Don't do that little faint. Do you know of any complicated, messy situations where you would have something to do to solve it? I would just advise you, why don't you pray first and during and after? Setting up idols in your little heart, setting up idols in your home, money will solve our problem. If we would only have $10,000 more, I've heard this, everything would be peaceful. Yeah, right. You try that one. Even if you get the 20000 so now you're 10000 over. No, no, only 10000 because 20000 is too much. That will create turbulence in my family. Great. You keep doing your little calculations, waste your life preparing a peace that has no future. Enjoy. Write me when it collapses. You know, seven years is a pretty... This lady was pretty good. She held together a human piece, like Spider-Man holding together a ship. Uh, great stress on her, and then finally she just got ripped apart. But seven years, good on her. Without God, that's about the longest it goes. Some of you will tell me later, no, I knew a cousin, he didn't pray to God, and he blew up everything, and for 12 years it held. Great. 12 years. It does not work, people. And that's why the gospel, which we will not get to, it is actually the point of the gospel. Could you just decide what you really treasure? I want peace in my family. Really? Yeah, really. Well, then why don't we try and do it the right way? It seems like the wrong way often, and people will tell you that's so naive and stupid. But why don't we go to the Lord and ask him to take care of things? 
and listen to him when he tells us what he wants us to do in that mix. It might not be kill off all your relatives. It might not be bribe the royal guard. Maybe not, because that's against the Ten Commandments. It might be something like be humble. Pray for them. Boom. I know way too many people who complain about others, and I say, well, why don't you pray for them? And they look at me as if that's a brilliant new idea. I'm terrified. These are pretty holy people who say that they love the Lord and even show up at daily mass like you do, and they've never thought maybe they should pray for their enemies as Jesus commanded us to do. So let's be a little more sincere, a little more Christian. Let's just check, is our treasure really where, is our heart really where our treasure is and is our treasure where our heart is? Because if we notice our heart somewhere that's not God, maybe there's a need for alignment. Alignment would be a good thing between what we say we believe and what we really believe. Because if we want to contribute to world peace, or let's go mini, peace in our families, uh, we might want to start with the only way that works.